0: podcast, M456. I am here with the beautiful Lisa Marie Black. Say hello. How are you doing, baby? I'm doing good, baby. How are you? I'm doing great. He's
1: a little, little
0: tired, but it's been good. <laughs> it's been good. What's What's made you tired? Oh, well, Catch we, us up. No,
1: we did a, the marriage intensive this last weekend and it was amazing. It was exactly what it was supposed to be and uh, very excited to keep doing those, but... Um, Yeah, it was was good. Yeah, so we
0: had our first marriage intensive here in Colorado Springs. One of the highlights, we had a couple from our 2008 World Race Squad, um, and they they were reminding us of stories that we'd forgotten forgotten about about in Hong Kong and the (laughs) Philippines and in Africa and and, uh, just some incredible, miraculous, beautiful things that happened through those times. Yes. And then two thousand eight, actually, when we had to leave, so that was a little emotional. That but was
1: probably the worst year of our life. Yeah, one of the worst. It was a really
0: hard year. Was really hard. But man, we really enjoyed doing that. We're going to do some more. Uh, actually, we got invited to Bellingham, Washington, to do an intensive there this summer. And in April, this April, we're doing one in
1: New England. In
0: New England, somewhere. Yes, we don't know where yet.
1: It's going to be awesome,
0: though. It's probably going
1: to be Vermont or something like that. So AJ
0: and Jennifer, and and come on! And And, hey, I want to two things. I want to invite you to if you have an incredible covenant story and you would like to share it, your covenant story. We want to invite you on the podcast with us, and we want to just talk to you about your story. And then the second thing is if you'd like to do a marriage intensive in your area, you have a few couples that you know would want to come together and uh, do a Friday to Sunday morning or however you'd want to put that together. I'm going to put the details on our website, GaryAndLisaBlack.com, and we can do that in your area, regional marriage intensives.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting. I yeah. think because what we are created to it's do. It's what we are created so. to do.
0: And so make sure you listen to all the podcasts. If you're watching us on video today, it's patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. We've gone from about $2,000 a month down to $200 a month on that um, because there's the consistency, but we're back. We're doing every week. We uh, have our exclusive content on there first before we release it to the public. And so you can have that. And then um, on jointhejourneyman.com. You but what join. you
1: really wanted to say was, my wife decided to focus on her book and abandon me. She <laughs>
0: abandoned me, and therefore my income is gone. So there you go. <laughs> All right, what are we doing today, babe? Let's well, get going.
1: There's just so much happening, and um, this has been a discussion that we had, and and being with these couples and talking to people throughout the week, the the subject of religion, cults, and leadership is a consistent theme. And it seems to be a big theme of hurts from the past. And I have to admit, like when I'm in the bathroom, like blowing dry my hair, you know, and there's just too much noise near your ear to do anything but think. And I do think of like past leadership situations. I think of ways I've been hurt as a leader. I think of ways I probably let people down as a leader. And I think of leaders that have really hurt me and disappointed me. And I think that's across the board. Yeah. And I just wanted to dig in and talk about the difference, because you and I talk a lot about religion, you know, black and white versus life or death. Um, a friend of mine that I've been friends with since we were about four years old, we're very different perspective on polit- politics, religion, everything. And she sent me a, a meme that said, um, a radical Islam is no different than evangelical Christians, except for the Christians have pork and beer. <laughs> I was like, well, actually, if you understood evangelical Christians, they wouldn't have the beer because that would be against their <laughs> yeah, right. religion. That, but it, that's a sin. I was supposed to be offended, and I laughed because yes. I kind of agree with her that anytime I'm around people that are very extreme, like very <clears throat> extreme, and either using the name of God, they're using the name of Jesus. Although, if you notice, extreme people hardly ever talk about Jesus; they only talk about God. Yeah, absolutely. Old Testament God. And I and I was thinking this. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, this is an issue that's that people are really struggling with and dealing with, and the whole because de- some of the the emails and the messages we've gotten, there people are like, I'm done. Yeah, you know, one more leader fell, and we'll talk about that later. But one more leader fell, that's it. I'm done. And I think, what are you? What are you done with? Are you done with leaders? Are you done with religion? Are you done with cults? Or are you done with Jesus? Because to me, that's a big. Big difference. Big difference. Big difference.
0: Yeah. So we, our current one is is the issue over Mike Bickle and International House of Prayer, IHOP. Uh, we were very personally involved in that back in the 90s. I was in my first marriage, uh, my three boys. I was on staff, extended staff out there for two and a half years. Probably uh, as far as spirituality goes and the prophetic and intimacy with Jesus, for sure the highlight of my life. Yeah. Like I learned more about Song of Solomon and what it really is about and the life of David and the cave of Adullam and what David had to walk through and why God made him king. Uh, Mike Bickle was incredible with his revelation on that stuff. Um, I vehemently disagree with their conclusions of the scripture and their view on the book of Revelation and end times. And I do believe that's part of why some of this happened. I think Mm. that we focus so much on a false doctrine. Um, you know, I get quoted sometimes, even the elite will be deceived. Well, the elite's been being deceived since Jesus' time. That scripture was actually for those people at that time, and also for us, the principles of that we can apply to our yeah. lives. Um, and I feel like the last few hundred years, since the 1870s, we've been extremely um, led down a wrong path of dispensationalism, and the wrong. there's no biblical substance for end times. It's not in the Bible. Rapture is not in the Bible, but we've made it our doctrine.
1: But when people say uh, Jesus is coming back in the clouds, yeah. is, that's what people are referring to? In First
0: Thessalonians, yeah, they which doesn't mean that. It's when he's coming back, he's coming back as a bright and shining star. We're going to return him back by bringing heaven to earth. Okay. It's a constant reality of Jesus coming in our lives. The kingdom never ends. It's a never-ending kingdom. That's why end times isn't a biblical reference. It's not anywhere in the Bible, and so uh, a lot. Do you
1: mean it's the end of a time?
0: um, They they the end time dispensational stance is that this earth is going to end. It's going to be destroyed. Thousand year of tribulation. It depends on where you're at with pre-trib, mid-trib. Right? my I was always taught as a kid to be a mid-tribber. They we're going to have to go through some of the pain, but God's going to rescue us somehow oh, in the I middle of it. Oh, I was taught
1: different on depending on what church we went to. <laughs> of course, right? And they were all very, very passionate about
0: yeah. it. And it's 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 not the point, although, and, and again, uh, for those that would want to know, our eschatology is um, not preterous. It's more our theology. Our theology is preterist. We, we um, believe that the kingdom is always coming, that Jesus is going to return, that he's consistently returning in our lives. It's more of a reality than a time, but there is a time that Jesus will return. And so um, you can look up preterist um, or semi-preterist or there's all kinds of things. But I do believe eschatology and theology are important. Yeah. Because what we do is we, we, we uh, perpetuate fear okay. in our churches and that fear doesn't produce anything but bad fruit and so everybody right now everybody's going to make money off of what's happening in israel right people are writing books about the rapture i mean i'm talking i probably saw 25 clips of pastors preaching on the rapture this weekend this past weekend and this dr jeremiah writing his new book on the rapture and how it's going to come a couple things to think about on that is um when it first happened when god came and destroyed the earth. He said in Genesis 6, 6, that his heart them, was man. grieved, yeah. that he had made us. Yes. And we think about that for a minute. That's a horrible thing. I think about thing. it
1: all the time because I have six children. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've grieved a few times that we made them, but uh, we love them in Jesus' name. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he, he what did he do? He took a righteous man named Noah. He said, will you be faithful? He said, build an ark. It's going to rain. Noah said, what's rain? And that, It had never rained on earth before. Um He started building this ark.
1: Which is an important thing to understand. If you're reading that scripture and you don't understand that it's never rained before and Noah was waiting for rain.
0: Right. Like what's rain, God? (laughs) And he's like, well, I'm going to, drop water from heaven he's like well why do i need it came a boat from the
1: ground right before then it was like bubbles up from the ground
0: yeah well it had it just had, had he, we didn't need rain on the earth we were scientifically we were covered in like a uh a, like water an ice yeah. like a, a whole thing around the planet i mean it's pretty cool when you get into the science of it and how it actually happened and how god used that um but he got noah got his family his sons and they got in the ark who was left behind The bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) The good guys were left behind. No. Noah was left behind. Oh,
1: no. Who was left outside the ark was the bad guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were taken from the earth. Okay. So the dispensationalists and all this crap on rapture in the New Testament, everybody's going, the Christians are going to be taken because God would never make us suffer. Well, why would he change? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in the Old Testament, in Noah's time, he took the righteous and left them on earth. Because we're to bring heaven to earth every day in our lives, we're not to escape this planet. We're supposed to make this planet look like heaven, by the way we act, by the way we do our taxes, by the way we treat our spouses, by the way the we way raise tr- our children, the
1: way you drive, the way you treat people. Yeah, we always good you, at the driving part. I'm a little I am bad at good that, at but it. Yeah. But I had a, you know an older person say to me, it, "I said I don't care." I, I don't care to even have this discussion because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It doesn't really matter what you believe or your church believes or I believe. What's going to happen is going to happen, right? And it, the problem I have with the evangelical side of this whole rapture thing is it feels so elitist to me. Yes, It feels so, if you are this small portion of people that are smart enough to know the truth and we're the only ones that do and everyone else is wrong and everyone else is going to perish, but we're going to be taken away. It feels very entitled and elitist and cultish.
0: It's called religion. Okay. Yes, and cultish. So
1: what is the difference?
0: And I would say, and most of my guys would agree with this, that most of everything we've ever touched in our missions, in our um, parachurches, in our churches is very cultic, the way we build them.
1: So let's talk about what what is religion because we you and I talk about a lot like this that's a religious statement or that's a religious way of looking at things like what is the definition of religion is it always wrong
0: Well I believe the n- definition is very simple and I think we make things too complicated for a new covenant a now covenant believer right So old covenant was was abstinence Okay abstain the law you, 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 the only thing that you're going to be saved by is your faith and your righteousness. So Abraham was saved by faith, right? He, God saw that and said, "I'm this is a righteous dude. I'm going to do this. But
1: they had a lot of rules, do not touch, do yeah, not sick, smell, do yes. not.
0: Hundreds and hundreds of rules. Yeah. Right? And that was God warming up the body of Christ, how, we're, how he's going to do this. We have to have the bad without the good, but you can't have the good without the bad. Forgive me. Okay. And so Old Covenant. Abstinence. New covenant is indulgence, hmm. indulging in the spirit. How can I indulge in this thing called Jesus? I want everything that he has to give wow, me, and I'm going to live yeah. in the now, right? And so that's really, really important to understand. Re- the only true and pure religion, what does the, the New Testament say about it? James 1.27. The only pure religion is when we serve the alien, the orphan, and the widow. If we're not doing that, if we're not serving the, the orphan and the widow, we are not walking in pure religion. We're walking in some other kind of religion. Hmm. That's how I see the New Covenant defining it. Jesus always went to the mumser. He never went to the rich. He never went to the guys who had it all together. He never went to the white evangelical describe, church.
1: Describe mumser.
0: The mumser is, the, is a Hebrew word for the outsider, okay. the, the, the prostitute the 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 woman that bled for twelve years. So
1: alien is someone that's in a different land or an outcast. An outcast, there. absolutely. And an orphan is someone who has no covering. No They're covering on their own.
0: No mom, no dad. Uh, vulnerable. Yeah. So and the way
1: I describe it is vulnerable people. Vulnerable in our people. society.
0: And what? And some of the most vulnerable people we have in our society right now are the fatherless. Yes. That is the biggest epidemic we have on the planet. We have no dads. Yeah. Right. Paul said it in the New Testament. There's not there's ten thousand teachers. You have not many fathers. I become a father to you. Yeah. Right. So th- what does that mean? I'm going to lay my life down for you. Paul literally said, "I'd rather I die and go to hell than you do experience that. I'd rather you go to heaven um, in my place,
1: which is like a father. That's
0: a father. Yeah. That's a true father. So today we have lots of orphans. Yeah. You and I have lived in Africa. We've we've dealt with orphans in Russia and all over the world. There, we have a lot of double orphans no moms, no dads. We have a lot of fatherless in America. 70% of all black homes are fatherless, have no father in them at all. 66% of all Hispanic homes have no father in them all. And 50 some percent of all white homes have no father in them yeah. all. And most of those fathers that are in those homes are silent fathers. And we've talked about this a lot. Um, but that is an epidemic. And so what we do is we take these orphan spirit, the spirit of orphan, you mm-hmm. take these orphaned people and we put them in seminary and we tell them to go build an empire, mm. go build okay. your empire. There it is. And so now we build these church empires that are completely broken, orphans leading orphans. Mm-hmm. We make it about one gift, the pastor, like we did the Catholic church did with the priest. Yes. And then we get, we kick out anything else, the, pro- the prophetic, the apostolic, Man, I've been kicked out of, of three places. <laughs> um, we had a big scandal here in Car Springs in the 90s and early 2000s um, at the largest church in America at the time, or one of the largest. And the few years before the, the pastor was exposed, he kicked all of us out that had any kind of prophetic anointing on their lives. Mm. Um, some big names that you guys would know he kicked out of that church because he didn't want the Spirit to show what he was doing in the dark.
1: Well, and we were going to that church. And he was a covering of yours and about a year before things broke publicly now I could not put my finger on it, but I said to you and I said to your dad, I was like, Something's wrong. I can feel it. Like the worship was changing. The uh the look of the people was changing. The church, yeah. I mean I was like why do why do all of our worship leaders up there look like they're in flock of seagulls? You know, their hair, their jeans got tighter the the minute like the actual worship changed it became more feminized it became it just became different and the control felt a little stronger um and I'm just so if you are a person that has insight I wasn't trying to start anything I didn't want to be right because I knew it was going to hurt a lot of people I didn't know exactly what it was but I was sensing that like this isn't what, it, I don't know if it was pure or, I mean, this is the thing that's interesting to me is I, I was talking to a young woman, just kind of counseling her, who's in a really abusive relationship. And she said, you know, my whole family just says, divorce him and be done. And basically, you know, there's no other way. And I said, well, that's because she, they never fell in love with him. They've never had sex with him. They've, they don't have a bond well, to him. Not, yeah. yeah. But... It is easy to look on the outside because most people are not bad all the time. Right. Like if any woman that's in an abusive situation will tell you, but when, after the abuse is over, he becomes the dream husband, which is really hard to understand, but it's the compartmentalizing. That's what religion and cults do. And so if you look at cult leaders, they're not bad all the time. There's something about them that draws you in. It's just the backside of it. The character doesn't line up,
0: right? And that's again, that's how it translates into churches. You, the, a, a really good prayer to pray, guys, and and I want you to make sure you're listening to our hearts today. Where I am, I am a little frustrated. Um, I've been, you know, hurt by a lot of failure in the church, like most of us. And this last one was a big deal for me. Um, it hit my heart very hard. Um,
1: Why did it hit your heart hard? Um,
0: I there was. There's just a level of of knowing that your sins are going to find you out. Jesus promises that. Numbers says, the Bible says it in a, a few different places. These men that are put up on a pedestal and worshipped, they're, they're worshipped more than we worship Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. That's uh, the empire thousand percent. of mega church in, yeah. in the evangelical church. Um, they start to believe it, and somehow they get so distorted that they don't think their sins are going to find them out.
1: So to me, that sounds like narcissism.
0: It's it's narcissism. It's psychoticism. It's, I mean, he abused some people that I really deeply love yeah, that I were know. innocent.
1: That were they were good in every yeah, way. Yeah, they, were they were incredibly were pure, good, and, and their heart and was beautiful. Pure.
0: Families and all the things. And so, um, I appreciate all this grace that we're having on Facebook and everything. You know, and nobody knows and all that. And I have obviously grace, and this could be me, and all those things. Um, but there has to be some essence of the fear of the Lord in your marriages and your ministries in your churches that that goes beyond just you your own ego being fed and a good prayer to always praise God I don't want it if my character can't line up
1: yeah Yeah. but are we going to train a young leader to say that because we we train our young leaders to say you know, well, that's what me I mean. the send them to the theology whatever. school yeah. and,
0: and we don't train them anything of reality. Well, and
1: everyone's so disappointed when they have to live regular life, right? Because we go to these conferences or we go to these Christian school or whatever, but especially these conferences are basically just like if I was getting ready to go out on the football field, you know, my coach is going to be like doing everything they can to pump me up and, and tell me I'm great and I can do this and I go out and I get my ass kicked. I feel like that's a lot of what religion does is it makes not just the person that's leading a god, but tries to make you a mini-god. Like, you know, in Mormon cults where they, the men become gods, basically, and that's their goal, and in that process, women and children are abused, and that's looked over, right? We don't talk about that part because we're so focused on making this man a god. Right. And telling him, like, it's okay for you you to use vulnerable people in order to become a God. Is that behind the scenes in a lot of the ministry? Of- 100%.
0: Yeah. And, and that's it. What's what I was going to say. It's, it's based on a man who has some charisma and everybody buys into that charismatic man on the stage. Instead of, have we looked behind the scenes here and seen what's really going on in their lives, right? How were they trained? Were they just trained in knowledge? Because I think, Adam and Eve kind of fell because of knowledge. Mm. I think that's real you old can't covenant. Build,
1: you can't build on that.
0: <laughs> I think wisdom, yeah. right? Understanding comes from the heart, Proverbs says, right? So if I'm leading with my heart, if I'm a heart person, and my goal is building people, not building some big empire, some big name where I can go buy my jets and my big ranches and, and show off how well I've done off of widows and orphans, um, that's a cult. A cult says... Give to this because we're doing this. And then I'm going to go buy a big mach- whatever with this money that you're sowing into me um, so that I can be seen and known. But you know what they're going
1: to say? They're going to say, oh, that's the money from our books and our materials. and it's."
0: They can say whatever they want. Okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and again, nothing wrong with boats and airplanes. And if you've made that on your own and your character is okay Mm -hmm. with that and you're the, the same man you are or the same woman you are when nobody's looking, I love that for you. But if you've built that off of manipulation, widows and orphans, you've built that off of um, tithing, people tithing to you. If that's where that comes from, I don't know how you believe that can be Jesus.
1: But that's the that's the machine of America. I mean, it's it really like there's people that that's their career goal is is to be a mega church. Yeah, well, pastor. that's again
0: that's what we put in them, right? That's what we teach them in school. Go build your church. Here's how you here's okay, the seven steps even, to build a big church I
1: know but even you have seen those people as successful in the past and seen other people with smaller things as unsuccessful yeah how would you define successful Well if you my have, whole
0: life right my dad told me what's the fruit of their ministry meaning how many numbers do they have
1: how many butts in the seat right. and how much I, I, how I many remember walking in
0: on stage with a pastor one Sunday morning and our church had reached like 600 people and it was an Easter morning and he said we finally made it oh And I, and me and another guy looked at each other and we realized that was probably the last Sunday that we were going to see any Mm -hmm. kind of anything because to him, the fruit of his ministry were the number of people that came in.
1: Okay. But what do you have to sacrifice for the numbers? Because if you deliver a message that's going to make half your people uncomfortable and half of them choose to leave, but it's scriptural, you're going to lose that money which is going to keep your, your empire running. And so how could someone in that position have a pure heart?
0: Uh, they they <laughs> say it anyway. I mean, they have to say the truth anyway. You cannot compromise the Word of God. And we've been doing it for hundreds of years know, thousands, but especially in the last few hundred years. Uh, since the 1870s, especially, and then in the 1960s, what came into America, um, and the 1970s, the number one book was all on the Rapture of the 70s, of the whole decade, not just of a year, yeah, but the whole thing. And then we and did be? Left Behind in the 80s, and we in youth group, I had to watch movies on a bunch of people driving down the road, and the driver got taken to heaven, I and they know. all died in the car, you know. I know. And so, are you saved? Right? Is that feel like good fruit to you or fear fruit to you. That was, I put fear into us. Yeah. I had to run to the altar every Sunday okay, but morning.
1: Fear is a motivator.
0: It is a motivator. Fear
1: has short-term payoff, but when those things are exposed that it is fear, what's the first thing people are going to do? Rise up in a rebellion against that because they've been controlled by something that wasn't even true or wasn't even real. Right. So when you're looking at small children, You know, in Sunday school class, and the fear, I mean, I went down to the altar every Sunday as a six-year-old. Sure. I still don't know what my dirty, dirty sin was. I don't even think I'd, like, stolen someone's crayon. (laughs) I just, I really can't think of anything I did. I might have, in anger, like, thrown my baby doll across the room. I don't know. But I don't know what my sin I was so worried about was, but I would, I just want to make sure I wasn't going to burn Because as much as I liked it when my dad made fires on Sunday, I didn't want to stick my feet in them. And they were telling me I was going to burn for eternity with no, you can't get out of it. It's like, it's kind of a horror story to tell children, right? you know, and to keep them fear motivated. What if the truth of scripture was actually freedom? If the truth was freedom and it was good news. I'm a little confused why there's people out there that want it to be bad news so badly when all we have is bad news. Well,
0: it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Again, it's been indoctrinated just like a cult would do. Okay, The gospel of salvation is what we've been taught now the last two, 300 years. I got to run around and get everybody saved so they can't, they don't go to hell. Great. Awesome. You know what? I love that too. Yeah. Right. But if it, it, Truly what Jesus was talking about, what Paul was talking about, what the book of Revelation and John were talking about is the gospel of the kingdom, right? When when you hear scriptures like take up your cross and die daily, what that actually is saying is lay the old covenant down, your old covenant thinking down, your, your right and wrong, black and white abstinence thinking and pick up the new covenant the which indulgence is the which is the cross and freedom and and the non-ending kingdom the kingdom never ends
1: Okay but when you say indulgence you're not talking about gluttony of food no, or perversion of sex okay be real be real clear on that because when people hear indulging and if you're if if you grew up like I did or you live in the south you are either a good Christian and you're miserable or you're a bad Christian or not a Christian and you're indulging. Right. Because you're living for yourself. Yeah, you've got the wrong view on grace.
0: Grace leads to righteousness, Scripture says. So grace isn't give a permission to go do whatever you want in front of people. And I do want to. I do want to emphasize that Paul says, he says, look, uh, it, it, not everything's permissible. I mean, everything's permissible. It's just not all beneficial. Now, an old covenant person goes, it's not all, it's not beneficial. Don't do it. And Paul's like, it's all permissible. Just don't you can't do it in front of somebody and tear them out. Somebody wants the, doesn't eat meat, and they're at your dinner table. Then don't eat meat. I know. Make I them do. I,
1: I do think that's just a way to serve people, right? Like whenever someone's coming, to, I say, like, what are you allergic to? What can you not? It, but it's not that we're not going to have a steak. And some bread when they're not there. And a
0: big bottle of wine. Yeah. And, right? I mean, and then indulging in the Spirit. It says if you if you embrace Spirit, you don't have to worry about your flesh. If you're indulging in Spirit, it takes care of your flesh. You don't have to get rid of things right. and abstain from things. You indulge in Holy Spirit. That's why we pray in tongues. That's why we watch miracles happen. That's why we lay our hands on the sick. That's why we pray every single—that's why we get in the Word of God. We indulge on how good God is and you want to tell people and you and then of course that's your life tells yeah. people right if if i'm anywhere something's coming off of me it's either going to be negative or positive exactly if i'm indulging in the spirit it's always going to be life yeah when god speaks life happens when i speak when i'm indulging in the spirit life happens there you go because i'm becoming god with skin on jesus with skin on on the planet right because that's the indulgence He's so good. It's repentance. Like, what have you been taught your whole life that repentance was? God, you're a dirty sinner. You need to repent. No, the truth is, is what he's saying is repent. Get back to your original goodness. How I made you originally. Genesis 1. He looked at us and he said, this is very good.
1: Very, very good.
0: That's the gospel of the kingdom. Yeah. Genesis 3 happened. The fall happened. The the earth is a fallen earth. I get it. We're to bring the garden back. We're just trying to take people back to the garden. Who's going to do it if we don't? Mm -hmm. We co partner with Christ as we indulge in the Spirit and we build the garden back on the planet. So when He comes in the clouds, we go get Him and we usher Him into His kingdom. We're not being taken away somewhere. We're not disappearing. He leaves good people on the planet to make it look like the Garden Okay, So
1: we were also having this conversation um, this weekend. Um, I was talking to Summer because she's her and I think a lot of the same way. And, yeah. and there there was a big divide for years. Like if you voted for like anything environmental I didn't tell you, but I signed up for some wild care, wildlife thing once a month because <laughs> it hit my heart. Like I listened to the presentation, and they're like, "Do you?" I was like, "I don't really care that much about pandas." Like in the like, I don't think they're. I don't want to cuddle with them or smell them or pet them or anything. But I do care about the earth because, as far as I can oh, understand in Genesis, we have dominion over it. Yes. which is responsibility.
0: Well, you didn't get dominion until New Covenant, right? Um, but now we do have dominion as new covenant believers. We have you didn't have dominion in the old in the Old Testament, so we do have, and we are called to steward the earth. We are to take care of this planet. We have a green energy company for that reason.
1: But it, but it's a command, isn't it? Isn't it, it like hundred, if you yes. have dominion over something, you you are you are being you're responsible. You're being commissioned to steward it and yes. steward it well. Yes. So where I think that that these things get confused is. It, like if you vote that way, or you it, then you're 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 this, and you're not really a Christian, or what I'm thinking. But it's but why? we well, do have to take care of the earth. I mean, I don't have a Tesla or anything, but no, I'm not a. That agreed. doesn't take care of I'm it. Not, that makes the earth worse. I know. So let people aren't going to yeah. aren't going to study that. But <laughs> I do think where it's like anything else is we get misplaced affection, and something becomes a god. And I was telling someone a story I was like out somewhere and there was a coffee shop and some lady walked up with the ugliest dog I've ever seen in my life like this thing was like uh, matted and gross and drooling and and people lost their freaking minds to pet this dog can I pet your dog can I pet your dog I was like It's not just a dog that licks its ass. It also is just this mangy looking thing that I didn't want to touch. But there was five of the cutest human babies I've ever seen in my life outside. Like one was in her little bonnet and one was a stroller and one was learning to walk. And nobody was nobody lost their mind over the babies. And I, I couldn't stop looking at the babies. They, I mean, it's like new life and new creation, and they're learning things. For, I'm so fascinated by the babies. And I thought, have we misplaced compassion and, and uh, passion yes, into yeah. everything? Yes. And are we focusing on the wrong thing?
0: Absolutely. Save a whale, kill a baby. Well, right? I. Uh, that's, it, the, that's the it mindset. Also,
1: it, it's just crazy to me that that we to have so much affection and fight and passion. For, but it's out of balance there's nothing wrong with liking dogs right there's nothing wrong with wanting to pet an ugly dog I bravo people that love you know ugly dogs because we should love ugly people too we have to <laughs> love everybody but when we make it like the end-all be-all I think it's, that's a problem that you have it's with, idolization like, celebrity yeah. worship yes you know that's like we but idolize. that person isn't a god don't we do the same things with people in ministry
0: a hundred percent. Yes. We put them on the stage. Again, that's the broken system. We train them in our schools to go build their empires. Then we put them on the stage and we idolize them. We idolize the worship guys. We idolize the pastor, right? Then we idolize, if if you've got a prophetic ministry, we idolize the prophet. And we go to these big conferences and we just keep idolizing all these people instead of just laying our lives down for the one true God, Jesus Christ, and becoming more like him.
1: Well, and— if you're not Catholic, you know, if you are, then you have to go to your
0: priest right? in order to... Well, you have to go to your pastor or your prophet.
1: Okay, but <laughs> we don't. Like, <laughs> if, if you want to say something encouraging to me, yay. And if you need to say something that will convict me, please do, because I respect you and I, I, I respect your spirituality. But if it doesn't line up with what I know to be true. Like if you came to me and said, I just got to confront you about your lying. I'd be like, well, you're wrong because I don't lie. I just, that's not a problem I have. There's other things you could talk to me about, but that's not an issue I have. So how many people though will say, well, that leader said, I want to talk to you about your lying. And then they're trying to figure out this mystery of how they've been lying and are totally unaware of it because this person is speaking from the oracles of God and I can't hear him myself clearly because I'm just, a me- I'm just a little peon that isn't. I just sit here. in
0: my pew on Sunday mornings and I'm, I show up on time to church and I'm good, right? That's the problem. Church was, okay, so let's just this, and we need to conclude this. We're, we're, we're frustrated because we get a lot of texts and voicemails and uh, young people, older people hitting us up pretty consistently. Yesterday, I had a very long conversation for a couple hours um, with one of our guys that's just done with leadership and not done with God, not done with Jesus, which is really good if you're going to deconstruct. You have to have a guide, and you're never done with Jesus, right? Um, I get why people get so angry and and why they go through this stuff, Um, but it's important to stay in line with, in relationship, exactly. in community, yeah. right? But everyone needs to be activated. The, the new covenant didn't start until Acts. When Acts 2 happened and Holy Spirit came and came on all uh, us as people with fire, that's when the new covenant happened. So the Old Testament should be a few more books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, right? They're really in the old covenant. The new covenant starts in Acts. And so when everyone's activated, everybody's using their gifts, right it's it's the, the that pastor gives a really good message for 10, ma- 10 minutes that God's speaking to him and then the prophet comes and says wow that's amazing because i was just reading the same thing in this scripture and god was telling me this for you and that teacher says gosh you guys this is incredible and teaches something on it for a few and everyone in the room is activated in who they are right and and that's church that's what the church is supposed to look like. Church was never supposed to look like what we've made. Wait, it. what if
1: a woman I mean, oh,
0: exactly, has something was to say. Wow, come on.
1: Because did Jesus liberate women or did, yeah. I, did I read all the Gospels wrong yeah, again? exactly. Jesus liberated women. So women have a place there? 100%.
0: Oh, good to know. They're leaders, they're teachers, they're pastors, they're prophets, they're apostolic. I think we apostolic. did like two podcasts on they're, that. All the things we could. Yeah. So but we'll, we'll, we'll show this up here. I, I think for us, guys, it's we can act very cultic, um, in the American church, very, in the Western church. for sure. And we, we've made it about a person, a person cannot carry that much weight. Mm-mm. It just, you cannot do that. I don't care what kind of ministry it is in your, in your missions is your mission to bring heaven to earth over communities. If you're going to Nepal, are you only going to make sure that every Nepalan is saved? I love that. That's a good but motivation. But then you're
1: going to get on your plane, and you're going to leave, and that father still has to se- sell his child into sex trafficking in order to feed the, That's rest of the his family. That's not the gospel of the kingdom. So we haven't done much if we haven't ha- helped that father – find produce a way kingdom in to his do what he was called to do, which is provide exactly. and protect for his family. Exactly. Yeah.
0: If we're not bringing king- kingdom business and kingdom ideas to these communities, I love listening to this prophet. He said, you know, they went into Peru and the, the Peruvians were like, oh, we're poor. We can't eat. We haven't eaten in days. And he said, well, the king says he's sorry, but here's a sandwich. That to me is the gospel of salvation. Well, we're going to give you salvation, but we can't help you with feeding your sorry, family. Sorry, can't help you with the water yeah, or the food it doesn't or, the it just or the shelter or any basics of, yeah, right. I know. Right? We bring the holistic well, also, of the kingdom.
1: also, is the king living in a palace, and is he covered in furs while the people are freezing? Which like is most is, of. So there's plenty of money, you know, there's plenty of money to fix these things and to help people. But, you know, a sandwich, and I'm sorry, that works too. <laughs>
0: It must work for some people. It doesn't work for me, <laughs> not anymore. So we just wanted to encourage you guys. Listen, well, it's we're going to go into the, a, a part two here. We're we gonna are go gospel of the kingdom. Make sure you are bringing ways heaven to, to, deal to earth with
1: the fall of a leader.
0: Don't get critical. Let me do that for you. Don't <laughs> don't get because um, you are our cult leader. Don't get bitter, right? Let's. We have to keep one foot. The, the answer to the earth is church. the the Jesus's bride, you are a Proverbs 31 woman. All of us are. We are the second Eve. We're the eternal Eve. We are the bride of Christ. Church is God's answer to that. We are to gather in community and worship and love and and produce life in one another. Mm -hmm. It's just the system that we're using is broken and we need God to show us something new. And it has to happen soon because we're losing too many great leaders. Mike Bickle is an incredible leader. He just made some humongous, horrible mistakes. And he's going to pay a huge price for those mistakes. Right? A lot of leaders have gone down. A lot of them. And they'll continue to go down until we can come together as the bride of Christ, the eternal Eve, and bring what God wants to bring on this planet, which I'm telling you it's coming. Right now he's exposing nations. He's exposed. You guys, what's happening in Israel right now? It's not the Israel of of the Bible. It's the same Israel. It's the same real estate. But Jesus became Israel. You got to remember that. He went down into hell as Egypt, into Egypt, and he came out as as Jerusalem, as Israel. With the keys, he has the keys to the kingdom of God, yeah. and we care about those people just like we do the babies in the, in Palestine.
1: Well, any war that the children always We care about those people, we're going
0: to serve those people, we're going to give those people life as we can, right? But you quit getting caught up that this is the end times. It's not a biblical statement. And let's focus on what God wants to do next on the planet and how he wants to bring heaven to earth. Okay. Amen? Amen. All right. Thanks, guys.